Turn to your neighbor and say, you so messy. Amen. Come on, offend your other neighbor for me if you would, but do it with a big smile. Look at your other neighbor and say, you so messy. Amen. Turn back to your neighbor and say, I'm messy too. It's, it's all right. It's all right. We, we all messy. We, we, we all messed up, jacked up, tied up, tangled up. I like to say it this way. We all under construction. We all under construction. I told the 915, uh, if you think that you're not messy, then there's a thing of spiritual pride that's residing on the inside of you. If you think you got it all together, if you think you're all together lovely, all together kind, all together, all of this perfection that you think you have is really pride. Because we all got a little mess. Tell neighbor, you got a little bit too, you got a little bit too. A little bitterness, a little hatred, a little anger, a little judgmentalness on the inside. Y'all, I ain't saying nothing. We all got some mess. Turn to your neighbor again and say, I'm messy. Yeah, we're going to deal with it this morning. Um, I believe God is about to clean some things up in the lives of his people. He's coming back for a church without spot, wrinkle, nor blemish. So the wrinkles he's coming to iron out. The spots he's coming to shout out. Oh, God. The stains he's coming to wash out with the blood of Jesus. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me quite yet. Y'all leaving me out on this island by myself. He's going to wash you in the blood of Jesus. He's going to cleanse you up in all the mess that you have made. He's going to stand up and sit down in it. And by the time he gets up again, it's going to be all cleaned up. See, that's what the church needs to know, that Jesus will come and he will stand in your mess, sit down in it. And by the time he gets up, it'll be all cleaned up. Hallelujah. Three messy folk is real in the house this morning. The rest of y'all need to be at this altar repenting. Amen. Listen, your mess will never be bigger than God's plan for your life. Your mess will never be bigger than this plan. I don't care how many messes you have made, how many mess ups have occurred in your life. God's plan and his purpose is far bigger. Hallelujah. Hmm. I see what we're working with this morning. Hallelujah. So we're just going to bind up the religious spirit. To free you up to receive what God has for you this morning. We bind every demonic work of force that will come to clog the ears of God's people. We bind every barricade, every plot, plan, snare, every distraction, disruption that will come to prevent God's people from hearing what heaven has to say. God, I pray now a free course of your spirit in this house. Root up, pull up, tear up. Any ideologies that would exalt itself above the knowledge of Christ. As your word declares, God, we can pull down every high thought. Even if it's the thought to exalt ourselves, we pull it down now in the name of Jesus. Can we say amen? Amen. Tell your neighbor again, you so messy. Amen. Why are you offending your neighbor? Grab your Bibles. We're going to the book of Psalm number 139. 
139, verse number 13. Hold your finger there and jump over to Ecclesiastes chapter number 11. And I feel lonely, so why don't you stand to your feet as I am, so I won't be by myself. Amen. In the honor of the reading of God's word. So we make our faith declaration over the word of God. To repeat after me, would you say, today I'll be taught the word of God. My spirit is ready. And my mind is sharp. I believe the word. The word is truth. It is without error. I believe what the word says. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. I believe what the word says about me. Here it is. I am redeemed. I am the righteous God in Christ Jesus. I am healed. No sickness nor disease shall come near my home. Shout it loud to Corona. Say no sickness nor disease shall come near my home. I am more than a conqueror. I am rich. Wealth and riches shall be in my house. Prophesy that over your neighbor. Say wealth and riches shall be in your house. You picked the wrong neighbor. They weren't receiving. Find another. Say wealth and riches shall be in your house. Come on, bless this house. Point to the four walls. Say wealth and riches shall be in this house. Shout I'm blessed to be a blessing. My house is blessed. My children are blessed. My marriage is blessed. My church is blessed. I'm blessed. Now shout amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise if you can. The book of Ecclesiastes, chapter number 11, verse number 5. As you do not know the path of the wind or how the body is formed in a mother's womb, so you cannot understand the work of God, the maker of all things. I got to get you straight this morning. As you do not know the path of the wind, nor can you understand how a body is formed, In a mother's womb. You don't know how. It is possible for a human being. To pop out another human being. You don't know how a hummingbird. As small as its wings are. Can keep it in flight in air. You don't know. Tell your neighbor you don't know. Just like you don't know how a brown cow can eat green grass and put out white milk. You don't know. You don't. You just don't know. So how can you understand the workings of our God? How can you understand how he can take a wretch like me? <laughs> Good God Almighty. Can I testify for a second? How, how he can take a whoremonger? How he can take an alcoholic, a liar, a thief, a cusser, a fusser, a fighter? How can he take somebody like me? Clean me up, wash me up. You see the glory, but don't know the story. You, you see us all cleaned up, but you don't know the mess we came out of. You, you see your neighbor, and you see how well they doing now, and how good they doing now, but you don't know the struggles they had, and the mess that they have made of their lives. You know the things that they have done. You don't know. And then God turns them around and places them on solid ground, and then He begins to elevate them and promote them. And say, God, Him, really? You're going to 
use Kenny like that? Man, we used to get high together. Y'all quiet up in here. We ran the streets and ran women together. You use it. Really? Now don't look at your neighbor with them judgmental eyes shouting them down. Listen, God will take your mess. He will turn your mess around and make a masterpiece. You don't know what God will do. And you can't explain it. So before you go casting stones at your neighbor, before you begin to judge them, you see where they are, but you better glimpse of where, get a glimpse of where God is bringing them. Hallelujah. I can't even understand the work of God, the maker of all things. Somebody shout all things. Psalms number 139, verse number 13. For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. We are the masterpiece, the workmanship of God's hands. You were knitted in his womb. Watch this. Perfect. So when did imperfection come into your life? When you came out of the mess of the birth, you became messy. So you didn't become a mess until you were birthed into this fallen world. But while you were yet in your mother's womb, you were knitted together perfectly. Woo, Jesus. You, you were perfect in his likeness and his image. But the moment you stepped into this fallen world, you stepped into some mess. Ah, but Jesus came along. <laughs> cross. He, he took some nails in his hands. Uh, he took a crown of thorns upon his head. He took a spear in his side. Why? To clean up your Father now in the name of Jesus. We thank you. We are wonderful made in your likeness in your image. We are a messy masterpiece to be cleaned up to bring you glory. And God, we praise you and we give you the glory. It's in Jesus' mighty name we do pray. Somebody shout amen. Amen. Before you take your seat, would you turn to your neighbor and say, I'm a messy masterpiece. And I belong to him. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I'm going to try to tread my way through this. I want to talk to you briefly from the thought, a messy masterpiece, a messy masterpiece, because that's exactly what we are. We're a messy masterpiece. Formed in fashion. Here it is. Romans tells us that and we know that all things. That in all things. In all things. I, I, I you know, I. Don't pride myself on being a road scholar. But one thing I do understand is I've done my study and my research on that word all. In every translation, it means all. 
So before you go out there perusing the word, trying to figure out what all means, here it is. All means all. And he says, and we know that in all things, what's all things, whatever those things are. I don't know what your things are, but in all things. I don't know what your vice, your hang up, what you're caught up in. (laughs) I heard it again. Jada said it was an entanglement. Uh, I don't know what you're entangled in. Hallelujah. Y'all act like y'all know who Jada is. Jada Wilson. Oh, uh, what's her name? Jada Smith. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. So I don't know what your entanglement is, but whatever you're caught up in, but in all things. Somebody shout all things. Whatever your record says, whatever you got caught for, somebody shout all things. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. So God will take your mess ups and your caught ups and he will some kind of way. Orchestrate those things. Take those pieces. Put them together and make something good out of it. He will he will. He would come in into your life and he will recycle the mess. Everything that has been thrown away, tossed away, he'll gather all those things and somehow make something beautiful. I I just don't understand that. I just, I don't understand how God can take some messy folk and turn them around and get a message out of it. Or, Or better yet, messengers. So God wants to take your mess with your messy self and turn you around so now you can become a messenger. Uh oh, what do you mean, apostle, messenger? Now you can tell the world that you was once blind. Ah, oh, but now you see you was once lost, but now you're found. You can now take the mess of your life, make it into a message, and become a messenger to a dying world. I don't understand it because, you know, he just didn't choose me. Look at your neighbor and say, you chose him too. So your messy self have been chosen. Hallelujah. Now watch the mess you have made. God never intended for you to stay in. My, my son Mason, he's in Texas now. And before he left, uh, you know, it's a custom that before you leave the house, clean your mess. Amen. Don't don't leave that mess you made. Come on, parents. You ain't got no maid around here. You you, you ain't got no maid. Clean that up. You you know, before you leave, clean this mess up. Oh, but the thing about God is God knows that you with your pious self and self-righteous self, you'll make a mess and walk away from it. You'll build such a mess that you'll leave that mess and watch. You'll end up changing states, changing your name while running from the mess you made. And the problem with you making mess that you don't clean up is that mess begins to grow. And it grows so big that you will crumble under the weight of that mess. So what people do is they'll run from the mess time I wear. I'm just leaving and, you know, Baton Rouge is too small. And, you know, no, it's, it's small because your lies and your mess that you have made has caused it to shrink. Everywhere you go, you can't even show your face. That's why Baton Rouge got small, because you, some places you just can't go because of the mess you made. 
So you're limited in your experiences because the mess you made. I can't go there because that's a mess. I can't go there because a mess. Can't go there because a mess. What I got left? Nothing. I'm moving to Atlanta. <laughs> it's a bigger city and all that. It's a bigger place for you to make a bigger mess. And you'll never fix up a mess you made with the same messed up mind that caused you to mess it up in the first place. So you got to change your mind, not your location. Oh, I'm preaching better than you respond. Tell your neighbor you got to change your mind before you change your location. Because if you don't change your mind before you change your location, you're going to change your location into the same place of which you came from. These people don't like me on the job. No, it's you. Every job, somebody got to like you. You can change job 12 times. Talking about it's them folk. You know, oh, don't stop. Don't laugh yet. You done changed churches four times just in the last month. They won't receive me. I'm a prophetess and they won't receive me. Yeah. It ain't them. Tell, you, tell yourself it's you. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's me. Say it's me. Not, not, not you. Not you, me. Say to yourself it's me. It's me. It's me. Don't, don't say it's you. No, it's me. So say yourself it's me. It's me. It's me. Yeah. Yeah. What KC say? Help we Jesus. I'm going to try to help you this morning. We are a mess, messy masterpiece. Remember, Jesus will stand in your mess, but when he sits down, it's cleaned up. Would you agree there are a lot of messy people in the Bible? A lot of messy people. We want to pull from the life of David this morning as we frame and fashion this thing up to get you on your way and to help you clean up the mess of which you made. We're going to explore the life of David and how he made a mess of his life. And I think you would agree there's probably not many greater mess ups in the Bible than that of King David. Probably not none far greater than the mess that David made. Grab your Bibles and we're going to go to 2 Samuel chapter number 11. Where the Lord says in the spring at that time when kings go off to war. David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Reba. And David remained in Jerusalem. David failed to hold up to the protocol of a king. It's time for war. Somebody shout it's war time. So David was supposed to be on the battlefield. It is the start of a mess up. He's supposed to be. At war, but yet he stays behind. And one evening, David got up from his bed and he walked on the roof of the palace from the roof. My, my, my. He saw a woman bathing. Glory to God. But she wasn't just bathing. but She was beautifully bathing. She was beautiful. Amen. Hallelujah. Get your minds out the gutter. You're in church. But he saw this woman bathing. And instead of him turning away, he began to gaze. It's one thing, watch this, and I'm not trying to give you no liberty to do so. It's one thing to take a look. It's another thing to gaze. And some things you just can't prevent. You say, look, oh, oh. go the other way. But not so in the case of David. David got into a trance, got fixed. 
He's staring. David got fixed in the moment. Watch, he has a decision to make. Instead of David turning away, beginning to engage in the moment, it's the stirring of the mess that begins at this moment. And the woman was beautiful. And watch, and David sent someone to find out about her. My God, I got to know her name. And the man said, she is Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Can I tell you something? Every mess begins with a mention. What do I mean by a mention? It means that uh, a mention is someone or even yourself will be informed of the mess you're about to get into. Every mess starts with you acquiring knowledge. You don't just walk into a mess. You know the mess before you walk into it. You don't just slip into an adulterous affair. You've been plotting and planning and scheming that thing, and you just walk into it. Why? First, because you have been mentioning of the fact that she is married to Uriah. He knows good and well what he's about to get into. The mess you made of your life, it just didn't happen. It's not by happenstance. You didn't slip on a banana peel and fall into it. You just didn't. Uh, come up with a pocket full of money because uh, you passed by a cash register and it just jumped out of the register in your pocket. You planned that thing. Y'all quiet. So, so David has information. Somebody shout, he knows. he knows. He knows exactly what he's about to get into. Then David sent messengers to get her. She came to him and he slept with her. Now she was purifying herself from her monthly uncleanliness. My wife told me not to say it, but she's not in here now. Her cousin was in town at that time of the month. Amen. Amen, Jesus. Help us. Uh, Then he sent her back home, and the woman conceived and sent word to David saying, I am pregnant. Can I tell you something? One mistake could lead to a mistake, a mess of mistakes. It only takes one mistake. It just takes one. Oh, we just did it one time. Oh, I just drank one time. Now you're years of an alcoholic. I just smoked one time and OD. It just takes one tear, but it just takes one. But one mess could lead to a mess of mistakes. So, what is a mistake? Every. Messy situation starts with a mention. The next thing, it's a mistake. A mistake is an opportunity for a missed opportunity for a divine outcome. I thought I'd get you to shout better than that. Every mistake that you have made has been a missed opportunity for a divine outcome. Every mistake you have made was an opportunity for God to show up in your life, but you missed that opportunity. You made a mistake. 
How did you miss that opportunity? Instead of you adhering to the information that was mentioned to you, you disobeyed what you knew to do and you did it because you wanted to. And you missed the opportunity for God to be glorified. A divine moment from God to manifest in your life and to show himself strong, but you missed the opportunity. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, you're making mistakes. You got to be careful of the mistakes you make because it's moments that God wants to show up in your life and manifest real in your life. And you miss that moment and that opportunity. You're wondering, God, where are you? He's I've been here the whole time, but you made a mistake. God, why won't you open doors? He said, because you had information about the doors, but you refused to adhere to the information. So you missed the opportunity. Mistake is an opportunity for a divine outcome. And we see in the life of David, David has in his life made some mistakes up until this point. And I know you heard the statement before, blood is thicker than water. Have you heard that? Uh, there's nothing more truer than that blood is thicker than water. And you, you think that your family should uh, be ones who stand with you and for you and their loyalty shall be for you. But as the pot begins to stir, because of this mess that David is creating, his own son, Absalom, is now creating a coup to now overthrow David's throne and take over the kingdom. His own son is fighting his father for his kingdom. And, and not only that, but here it is, Absalom is trying to take the kingdom and David's best friend, his advisor, he, he, he sides with his son, Absalom. Let, let's look at it. Second Samuel chapter number 15, verse number 31. Now David had been told Ahipophel is among the conspirators with Absalom. Ahipophel was, was David's advisor, his friend. He was his confidant. He was the one who gave David advice, and he was the one who heard from God to instruct David. So David prayed. Something about a praying man. Lord, turn Ahipophel's counsel into foolishness. Can I tell you something? Never take advice from anyone more messed up than you. Oh, God. I, amen. If you got some fools around you, just say uh, amen. Just don't listen to them. Amen. Yeah, and listen, here's the thing. You can be, uh, just because you're old, don't mean your age means you have wisdom. Because we all know some old fools. Amen. And, and, and here it is. His advisor now turns from David and turns to consult his son. Now, here's the thing about an advisor. Advisor is someone who is close to you. Right? It's someone who you honor, respect, they're loyal. They come into your life and they advise you on tough situations. Ahipophel was one who heard, the Bible says in one text, uh, trans, uh, version, it says that Ahipophel gave wisdom and advice to David as though it came from God himself. That Ahipophel heard from God, and what he heard from God, he advised David on. And now Ahipophel turns from David and turns to Absalom to give Absalom the same wisdom he got from God. So now, he is now on his enemy's side. Messy mistakes also begin, watch this, with motives. What's your motive? Ask your neighbor, what's your motive? 
Ah, motives create a mess in the lives of God's people, I tell you. So I begin to wonder why was Ahipophel so eager to leave David and to join forces with Absalom? I I wonder why this loyal friend who gave advice decided to leave his loyal friend and go and join hands with his enemy. I mean, it's, you got to understand what's happening in the text. In chapter number 17 of 2 Samuel, Ahipophel said to Absalom, watch, I will choose 12,000 men and set out tonight in pursuit of David. I will attack him while he is weary and weak and I will strike him with terror. And then all the people with him will flee. I, speaking of Ahipophel, I will strike down the only king. And bring all the people back to you. The death of the man you seek will, will mean the return of all. And the people will be unharmed. Now watch. Ahipophel is just not a consultant only in this coup with Absalom. But he's willing to commit murder. Ahipophel is so angry that he said, listen, give me 12,000 men. I'll chase David down and watch. I'll kill him myself. What strikes such anger in this man's heart? Hear this. It's good to have faithful friends, but it's better to have faith-filled friends. Ah, Hippophel was a faithful friend, but he wasn't faith-filled as a friend. Because if he was faith-filled as a friend, he would not touch not God's anointed, nor would he do the prophet. No harm. If he was faith-filled, he would never decided. He would never would have decided to side with Absalom. So, in your life, you got to begin to evaluate and to begin to observe who you have around you. Because in this season of my life, I realize I got some faithful, loyal friends that I can call at any moment. But I don't need faithful, loyal friends. I need faith-filled friends who will be willing to correct me and direct me when needed. Y'all, quiet up in here. That when I get a mess in my life and make a mess of my life, they will instruct me, advise me about how to come out. Need some faith-filled friends who can hear from God and say, listen here, boy, you, you know, <laughs> got to get it right. Tell you, you got to get it right. You got to get it right. So watch. Messy mistakes in God's hands is a manifestation of God's promises. I'll say that again. A messy mistake in God's hand really is a manifestation of God's promises. What do you mean by that? God will take your mess, pull it all together, and he will manifest his promises out of the mess you made. Because the mess you made does not thwart, nor does it uh, cancel the promises of God. Just because you messed it up doesn't mean that God going to stop his promise. Why? Because his promises are yea and amen. Remember, Your mess up is never bigger than the plan of God. Nor is your mess up a cancellation of the promises of God. God will never cancel his promise. If he canceled his promise, then they'll make him a lie. So when God promised a thing, it's going to happen. It's just going to take you a lot longer to get it because you're so messy. So you can do yourself a favor And save yourself from a whole lot of trouble, heartache, and hell if you just go obey God and you can get to the promises of God with no delay. 
So why make a mess that will prevent you from getting to what God has for you? Just go ahead and clean it up and move on. Amen. Oh, my kids aren't here, so I guess I can tell on them, too, while I'm here. You know, kids always want to do something, have something, get something, you know. Come on, parents, where you at? You know. And, and, and for us as parents, we want to give our kids the very best and try to give them what they want. But it's always contingent on something. Amen. Did you clean your room? How are your grades? Hey, come on. Y'all quiet. Right? So, so if all these things are already done, if the mess is already cleaned up or if there is no mess, then you can get what I have for you without any hindrance. Dad, I want to go to the movies. Is your room clean? Yes. Let's go. No hindrance, no delay. And it's the same thing with God. When we make mess ups, God does not negate nor does he uh, cancel the promises. It's the promise is still made. But in order to get to the promise, we got to make sure the mess is cleaned up first. Are you hearing me? All right. Well, here it is. Psalms number 132. The Lord swore an oath to David, a sure oath. He will not revoke. There it is. He made an oath, a promise that he will not revoke. One of your own descendants I will place on your throne. In all the mess David created, God still said, I'm going to manifest a promise in your life. That out of your descendants, someone will sit on the throne from your legacy. God won't revoke his promises. But here it is. Why was... Ahithophel so angry. Why was he so angry at David? It wasn't for the promise that he was mad. It wasn't because of that. Ahithophel, as we learned that David slept with Bathsheba, she was the daughter of Iliam. And watch, the wife of Uriah, the Hittite. And the father of Iliam, guess what, y'all? Was the grandfather of Bathsheba. Iliam was the great, was the son of Ahithophel. Excuse me, Ahithophel. So this anger raged so greatly on the inside of Ahithophel. Why? Because David slept with his granddaughter. Remember I told you every mess has a motive. David is entangled in this mess. Why? Because he has slept with his best friend's granddaughter. Oh, come on. Think about it for a second. How would you feel if your best friend slept with your wife or your husband? How would you feel? Uh, But not only that, but he is serving David and he's advising David. But yet he has this information that David slept with his granddaughter. Somebody shout, that's messy. So he's angry and he decides to get in cahoots with Absalom to overthrow David. Why? Because he's trying to get revenge. It's a mess. Somebody shout, it's a mess. But even in that mess, God still decides to manifest his promise in David's life, that surely, 
someone will come from the line of David. In Isaiah, here it is, it says, a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From this root, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest upon the spirit of wisdom and of understanding. Speaking of Jesus, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of the knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears. God made a promise to David. And guess what, y'all? He manifested it through Jesus. Every messy mistake in God's hands is a masterpiece. Tell your neighbor I'm a mess. But I'm his mess. Ephesians says this, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do good things he planned for us long ago. Somebody shout, I'm a masterpiece. I'm a messy masterpiece, but I'm a masterpiece. For God created us to be his masterpiece. But watch, he just didn't create us to be a masterpiece so that we can shine and get our shine on. God created us to be a masterpiece for his purpose. Are oh, you hear me? So watch, whatever God does, he takes all of the bad things, he works it together for the good, but he does it for his purpose. So watch, he brings healing to your body, not just so you can say you're healed. He brings healing to your body so that you can say that I serve a God who healed me. Uh, uh, he restores the house that you lost, not just so you can say, look at me, I got my house back. He restores the house that you have so you can say the God that I serve is a God that provides and a God who restores. So everything God does in your life, the mess you made and the mess he has cleaned up, he does it for this purpose, for his glory. Somebody shout amen to that. Everything that God does in your life and bring you through on the other side, he does it for the purpose of you shouting out the God I serve did it. It's the mess you made that he cleans up. He does it for a purpose so that he can get the glory. Even with your messy self, God cleans you up so he can get the glory. You are what you are and who you are because God is the one who did it. And he's just waiting for a messy person that will bring a message to a messy world to say I was a mess, but now I am a masterpiece in the kingdom of God. I'm a masterpiece. I'm a messy masterpiece. But I'm a masterpiece nonetheless. So here's what you have to understand. God makes this promise to David. And David makes a mess of the promise. But God still manifests the promise. That out of the loins of David. There'll be one who sits on the throne forever. Now watch, it's a mess. Because Jesse, his grandmother, was a prostitute. Y'all remember Boaz, Rahab, Ruth? Ruth was a foreign woman, not even birthed into the lineage, the bloodline. You go from Rahab, a prostitute. You go to Ruth, down to Jesse. And God burst through this mess. One who will sit on the throne forever. Somebody shout, that's messy. 
you got to hear this this morning. The mess you made. God never intended for you to stand in the mess or to stay in the mess. And just because you made the mess doesn't mean that you have to continue in the mess. God wants to pull you out so he can pull you in. I'll say that again. God wants to pull you out of your mess so he can pull you in. I'll say it again. God wants to pull you out of your mess so he can pull you in. You ain't getting it yet. He wants to pull you up out of your mess so he can pull you into the kingdom of God. You're just a mess in his hand. You're a masterpiece. And God wants to turn that messy situation into something beautiful that the world could see. He wants to place you on his mantle as a prized possession that he can point to everybody and say, see, that's my son who was lost, but now he's fine. Oh, God, that's my daughter who was once dirty, but now she's clean. How she's clean? By the blood of the Lamb. She's washed and purged. She is cleansed and redeemed. She is the righteousness of God in Christ. See, I have stripped her of her grave clothes and I have adorned her with robes of righteousness. This is my son and my daughter who you thought was a junkie, but look at him now. Hallelujah. They once was a mess, but now they are a masterpiece. If you would bow your heads with me. There's some messy people in this house today. Some messy folk. But before I pray this prayer, I want to bind and rebuke the spirit of pride that will prevent you from receiving what God has for you at this moment. There's your pride that will have you looking at your life thinking that it's all together. It's, it's your pride that I have you overlooking those little small things, those little, those little minute things, those, those little, little tiny things. The Bible says it's a small fox that spoils the vine. A little burrow kills the whole vine. A, a little yeast leavens the whole lump. It's the little small things. It's the things that man don't see but God knows. It's that mess you hid behind a closed door and you locked it up so nobody can enter in to see the mess you have made of your life. Oh, I know in church we have taught you hypocrisy. You come in and you see everybody all cleaned up with nice suits and got their hair did and their nails done and their toes did and you think they got it all together but under all of that masquerade is a hot mess. And now you're trying to live your life to live up to what you see in the people of church in the church not realizing they're a mess just like you today God's cleaning some things up in your life I'm going to pray after which I'm going to have you make a decision to let God in behind the locked door where the mess is at to let him in so he can clean it up Father now in the name of Jesus I declare in this place that every lump of mess that is present God that you will stoop down stand in and clean up now Father, for every heart that will open up itself to you, God, I pray that you will enter in. For you standing at the door knocking, God, open the locked door. For we're inviting you in this moment, God. We won't try to hide the mess we made, God. We're inviting you into the mess. We won't try to cover up the mess we made, God. We're uncovering the mess, God, so you can deal with it on this morning. 
the thoughts that we had towards our brother, our sister, the way we treat our spouses, our kids, our neighbors, the people that we treat mishandle God on the streets, God, come into the mess we've made. The mess we have made of your house in the church, God, we invite you in, God. We invite you in now, God. We have defiled your holy temple. God, come in and clean us up. We've gotten things wrong, God. We've done things wrongly, God. So come in, God, and clean us up today. So when you come back for your bride, we'll be without spot, without wrinkle, and without blemish. Come in now, Father. If you're here today in the pardon of your sins, you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this first appeal is to you. Maybe you're backslidden. And today you want to get it right with the Father. That appeal is to you. The third appeal is that you've made a mess of your life and you're suffering of the consequences of the mess you have made even now. You have swept it up under the rug, but today God is coming to clean you up. That's you today. That appeal is to you. You want to get it right. You're opening your heart up to Christ today. And then the last appeal is those who would say today, I want more of God. There's still some areas in my life I know that need to be cleaned up. And today I'm inviting him into every area of my life. This Holy Spirit has spoken to you in any of those today. Do me a favor right now. Don't delay. Would you lift your hand right now? Right now. That's you. I see you, sir. There's others today that would say, that's me. I got to see you, ma'am. That's me. I got some areas that need to be cleaned up, and I'm inviting Jesus in to clean them. I see you, ma'am. I believe there's others today. I see you, ma'am. I believe there's others today. Saints need to be praying. Matter of fact, start with yourself. Judgment begins first in the house of the Lord. You are the house of God. You are built of the place of which God resides. Judgment begins first within you. Judge yourself right now and say, God, is that me? Is he talking to me? Is the Holy Spirit prompting me? If that's you, then lift your hand. Thank you, Father. Any others today? Any others today? Any others? Thank you, Lord. God, we bless you. God, we thank you. For those of you who lifted your hands, our sanctuary workers are going through the place of cording your hand. Fill that card out in its entirety. Give it back to one of our sanctuary workers. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Father, we bless you and we thank you. Thank you for your strength, your mercy, and your grace. God, we bless your holy name. Thank you for strength, health, and life, and holiness. Thank you for provision being made now in the name of Jesus. God, we give you the glory. And we give you the praise. All standing to your feet if you would. Again, for those of you who lifted your hands, make sure you fill that card out in its entirety. Don't leave without making us aware of the decision that you have made. I'd like to make one more appeal. If you're here this morning, you don't have a church home. And the Spirit of God was prompting you to connect with us here at Elevate Church. If that's you, to join and be a part of what God is doing here at Elevate. Would you slip your hand in there? Hallelujah. Don't have a church home but need to connect. Would you stretch your hand in the air? If that's you, wave it at me. Thank you, Father. God, we bless you. God, we thank you. And God, we give you the glory. Come on, clap your hands and give God some praise in this place. Hallelujah.
Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Yeah, yeah. Ah, that's a sweet spirit in the atmosphere. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. That's a heavy anointing that is weighing heavy on this side. It's a prophetic prophetic atmosphere that God has stirred up in the lives. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I see oil being poured out of a spout and it's touching your ears. I hear the Lord saying that there's bringing, he's bringing clarity. He's bringing clarity to the visions and the dreams that he has shown you. Your mouth has been muzzled by many. The word of the Lord that he has placed in your mouth has been stifled by man. But the Lord says in this season, he's bringing about a spirit of boldness and courage. That you will stand in the face of men and you will declare, thus said the Lord. And the Lord says in this season, don't run and don't flee as you have done in the past. Don't fear the faces of men. That in this season, what you don't declare in this season, the Lord says the blood shall be upon your hands. So the Lord says with boldness as a lion, you shall enter in and you shall speak what the Lord says. He says don't add nor subtract to it. Give it in its entirety. Don't hold back for the manifestation of his word shall come to pass. Just as he said it would. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, one more last time. Clap your hands and give God some praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, praise the Lord. Listen, guys, we love you. We thank God for you being with us here. Amen. If you would, amen, all standing to your feet. Uh, we're going to end our service. If you're standing in need of prayer, amen, we'll leave the altar open for prayer even after service. If it is your first, second, or third time that is with us, I would love to meet you, greet you, shake your hand. And stand with you in the foyer. I'll be in the foyer, standing in the foyer. Amen. So for all of our first, second, and third time guests, amen. I would love to meet you and greet you in Jesus' name. Amen. As we close out in prayer and worship. Father God, we thank you for your presence, Lord. We thank you for allowing us to come here, Lord, and receive a word, Lord God, and receive your love on today. Father, we pray that you will cover us and keep us, Lord, as we go out into the world, Lord God, and we minister to your people, Father, in the name of Jesus. We give you glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.